thanks so much for joining us today on Leesburg Community Church's podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, including directions and service times, please visit leesburgcc.org. On our website, you can also find notes and daily devotionals based on this teaching. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you liked today's message. All right. Well, where have we been? Found out that the Lord is a shepherd and that where the Lord was Yahweh, meaning I am, the great God said that I will lead you, I will guide you, I will be with you, I will be your protector, I will be your provider. And that we understood as we started walking through this that that name was transferred to Jesus as he showed up. He is the good shepherd. It's a name that he called himself and the Lord God gave him. And uh, and it's, you know, makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores, restores my soul that the Lord knows exactly where we need to be. He knows exactly where we will find our nourishment. He knows exactly what our soul and our heart need at any given moment. We talked about the, the reality of the sheep and the shepherd and what those would look like in a very arid, dry desert place. And that many times these green pastures aren't this giant meadow land. They're literally one mouthful of food to the next as they walk through a dry, arid place and, and travel to try to make their way to a still water, which the shepherds would have to do an amazing uh, feat and act in order to get these waters still. And we talked about how faithful the shepherd is, that that was the whole first part of it, that my shepherd, my God, our God, is so faithful. He always nourishes us with exactly what we need. He gives us the word of God and says it will be what you need every single day. It will refresh your soul. It will calm your spirit. It will allow you to lie with me by still waters, for I am your protector, right? And then we found that he leads us by righteous paths. And why do we lead a life of righteousness that he always points out? He hasn't left us to just guess or wonder what righteousness is or what the right path of life is. He leads us down those paths. And why is it? So that our lives would glorify him. That all would know that we have this great shepherd that lead us that leads us through life, and these right paths would allow us to encounter the different things of life, and we would know how to act and interact with them. And who would get the glory? Our Father in heaven would get the glory for our lives, and he is faithful to lead us down those right paths for our life. And then we, those right paths would also be at times really dark valleys. They would at times be dangerous journeys. We talked about how the literal sheep and the shepherd would have to go through these valleys, these, these very treacherous valleys to, get a, to escape the heat of the season where there is no food, it's all drying up. They would have to go through these valleys up a, up a mountain pass so they could be in a cooler place where there is plenty of food to eat, but it would be a dangerous journey. And that the shepherd would be with them, guiding them. Remember we talked about the reason why the staff comforts them is because it guides them where the path is because it is a treacherous path. But at times their feet would slip over. They would be hanging by their life and the crook of the staff would reach over and, and pull the sheep right back up on their path, protecting them along the way. The staff was never used as an instrument of discipline, but always an instrument of protection and right passage, right? The right journey, the right steps. 
And then we said that they also had the rod, and the rod was that of protection. The rod would be used against the predators. The rod would be used against that which would come against the sheep, but it would also be used as a form to check the sheep and search the sheep and see where there was wounds or anything that the sheep might need. It was used to count each one of the sheep as they would pass under the rod, which was considered the gate. And every one of them, the shepherd would know by name. As they passed under the rod, they would be counted and called by name. That is us. That's how gentle and careful our good shepherd is with us. That's how much he cares. He would know our pains. He would know our hurts. He would know what we need. He would always be protecting us. And that doesn't mean that we would be without pain in that protection, which is why it starts out with no matter the dark valley that you go through, no matter the treacherous path, because there will be pain in your life, but I will be with you protecting you through that pain. I will be with you guarding you through that pain. I will be with you leading you through that pain, that difficulty, till we reach that mountaintop, that nice meadow that we will sit and we will feast with the Lord. And we get to the last week's passage where we said, if there's nothing else that this passage is pointing us towards, it's this. It's so many things, but we can be assured of this, that the Lord God seeks to bless us. He is in the business of blessing and not cursing. That he is in the business of blessing and not cursing. He seeks to bless each of us in our lives, not according to the picture that we draw, not according to our dreams of our life, not according to all that we want to pile up. He blesses us with his presence, right? With the knowledge of who he is and with the power in our lives. He blesses us constantly with his presence, his knowledge, and his power. And we think about the living God, the God Almighty who says, you can know me and I will be with you and my power is made available for you. Could there be any greater blessing? What blessing is it that you want on this earth that you would compare to what he gives us and go, oh, hey, you really messed up, God, because my blessing's better. And he says, I give you myself, I give you knowledge of who I am, and I give you my power. And we said, that's the great blessing, and it's used, and he uses it in our lives to lead us and to guide us and to help us make it through every treacherous path. And even while the enemies are surrounding us, it says that I have prepared a table for you before your enemies, which means he doesn't wipe out all the opposition. It means he doesn't just do away, and now we have this easy path, that blessing is the easy path. He's saying, you're still going to go through the difficult path. You're still going to have enemies seeking to, to come against you, but I will prepare a table before your enemies. It's almost like it's almost like the Lord says, I'll prepare a table, and you get to just look across to your enemies and go, ha! <laughs> ah, I made it, and you didn't. My Lord takes care of every part of my life. And while you seek to harm me, destroy me, to take me out, my Lord is protecting me, and he is my provision, and he is my great hope. Right? And it's a table of blessing. And what did we find out? That every one of God's blessings overflows. That our Lord does not bless our lives with stinginess. He blesses our lives with that which is overflowing, which means that every characteristic, everything we know about him, his presence, overflows in our life. Which means his love is an endless love. His mercy is an endless mercy. His, his peace is an endless peace. His knowledge is an endless knowledge. And he gives it all to us for us to use and us to have and to secure our lives. It's an overflowing blessing. And we said, if we can't remember anything else, let's remember that we are an anointed people. 
the Lord will never turn his back upon us. He will never stop blessing us. He will never stop making those blessings overflow in our lives. Why? Because we are anointed kings and priests of his kingdom. And by his anointing, he will never turn his back upon us. That is incredible hope. And that's where we find ourselves in verse 6. That we have this hope-filled life. It's as if David went through all of these truths about who our great shepherd is. All of these things we get to hang on to. All of these ways that he's working in our lives. All of these truths that will make a difference in every day of our life. And then he puts an exclamation point on there. And he goes, now, I just got to get to the best part of all. You ready? And he says this, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He said, hey, it's time to get moving. I told you all these great things, all these great truths about our God. And now you need to understand something. Goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go live the life that God has for us. Let's go live with great hope because every day there is hope. Every day we have hope and we have hope for today. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. This goodness and mercy, remember mercy is, is not receiving what we deserve. Look, every day we sin and, and we turn our backs on God and we, we do it our own way and all these other things that we do so, so regularly. And God's mercy continues to flow out upon our lives. I know you didn't listen to me, but I'm going to keep directing you down the right path. I, I, know, that you, I know that you did it your own way, but I'm going to keep showing you the right way. I, I, know, I know that you hurt somebody else and you now deserve my discipline and wrath, but instead I'm going to give you blessing. I know you acted as if you weren't one of my children, but I'm going to make sure you stay one of my children. I know you acted as if we were separate, but I'm here to tell you we are unified. And so my mercy follows you all the days of your life. Your relationship with the good shepherd is absolutely secure. My goodness, meaning I will always act on your best behalf. My goodness, I will always act for your good. I will always interact with your life for your good and for the good of those around you will go before you. Right? It will follow you all the days of your life. That means there's not one day of your life that if you are in Christ Jesus, you won't have access to all the goodness and all the mercy and all the blessings and all the characteristics of God. They are all at your disposal for every single day of your life. So what David's really saying, he goes, hey, let's go live because we have the fullness of God available to us every moment of our day. Now go live for there is hope for today, no matter how difficult it seems, no matter how hard it seems, no matter how crashing it seems, you have my goodness and mercy with you. What a great, great thing. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says this. But he said to me, meaning God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul back to saying, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. What's the weak moment of your life? What's the weak moment of your characteristic? What's the weak moment of your literal strength? And God's goodness and mercy follows you. And he is the one we boast about because his great strength is always uplifting us, upholding us, and guiding us. No matter what that difficulty in your life is, 
He is being glorified. He is being glorified. There is hope for today. There's hope for others. Surely, goodness and mercy, back to the same part of the passage, shall follow me all the days of my life. So not only is his goodness and mercy available to us, right? But it follows us so that it's available for everyone else. So as people look at our lives and they see God's goodness and mercy and his characteristics and his love and his grace just being lived out in our lives, as we are walking through our life and journeying through our life, and the good shepherd's thumbprint is all over us, his guidance is all around us, his power is all encompassing in our lives, guess what happens? It follows us and others begin to see the hope that we have. We get to talk to others about the hope that we have. We get to share the great hope that we have. And others need that hope. It follows you. Remember uh, the Peanuts cartoon? Remember that, uh, that one character? Uh, what was it? Pigpen? Right? The one that kind of had that dust and dirt kind of everywhere he walked. All right, now just go with me here for a second. It's, this is going to fall a little short. But that's who we are. Think about our lives. They get a little dirty sometimes, don't they? And what happens? God's goodness, his grace, and his mercy, they surround us. And they're working in us. And they're working through us. And his power and his majesty are being displayed all around us. And all of a sudden, we're walking in, and what's happening? Everybody who gets mixed up in our life, it's like... They get to see and experience and encounter God's goodness, his mercy, and his grace in our lives. And they get to have that incredible hope. Yes, we'll share it with our words. And yes, we'll share it with our actions. But literally, the presence of God is with us when we're walking with him. When we're being led by the shepherd, remember, he doesn't just take us to all the easy paths. He'll lead us down some really difficult paths. Why? Because the people on that path, they need to see the goodness and the mercy that follows us. Right? They need, we need to be on these encounters that sometimes don't feel that great. Why? Because God's goodness and mercy and his grace, people need to be, encounter that. And we are the messenger. We are the ones who take that goodness and that grace and that mercy with us. And others now have hope. Others will now have hope. But also hope is for tomorrow. We are not without hope ever. We already said there's enough hope for today. There's the presence of God in our lives today and all that he'll do, his goodness and mercy. We've already said that. We've already said that so that we may act merciful and act with goodness so that others may experience it and have that blessing. We may use the mercy and goodness in our lives that we know the right thing to do. We've already said those things. But it's also for the rest of our, look at the final exclamation point of this entire psalm. Look at it all. It says, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is our end day. Not today. Not whatever pressure there is today. Not whatever difficulty there is today. Not whatever pain there is today. Our end day is that we would dwell in the house of the Lord forever, which means there is no end, which means death does not have its sting, which means the grave has been robbed. There is no end to today for those that are in Christ Jesus. We enter into eternity with the living God, fully united with him, one with him, at peace with him, 
in him for all eternity. And you're like, why would I want to do that? Because all pain is gone. All disappointment is gone. It says there's no more tears. There's no more restlessness. There's no more wondering about the, the difficulty of the following day. We rest in the presence of the good, merciful, gracious, living God. And all things are made right again. All things are made perfect. And we are in the perfect presence of the Lord. For how long? For all of our forever days. For all eternity eternity, for I will always dwell in the house of the Lord that can never be taken from me. The Holy Spirit is deposited in all those who believe in Jesus Christ so that we would be reminded that we are forever the king of all kings, that we are forever anticipating being with the holy God for every day past our last day on this earth, which means what? This day can never so overwhelm us that we can't see a tomorrow. It means that this day can never, never, I don't care how bad it gets, can never get so bad that we can't see a tomorrow because the Lord has promised us a tomorrow. The Lord has promised that tomorrow will be beyond our wildest imaginations. We don't even know how to put it into words what that tomorrow will be like. That it will be made right and it'll be made good and it'll be full of mercy and grace. In all of it, it will be perfect at every moment of the rest of our existence. And you're like, yeah, but this life is long. Is this life long? I, I would assume so. Colonel Tiffany, who's been in our church, I think forever. Uh, hopefully he'll get to go to heaven someday. But I think he's been here forever. He turns 90 today. That is a long life. But on the blip of eternity, boom. It doesn't even show up on the blip of eternity. That's how fast it is. Boom. You can't get it on the blip because it goes so fast. And what do we have later? What is the rest of our lives? It is to be wrapped up in the merciful grace of Jesus Christ. It is to be in his presence. It is to have all things made right and complete. It is to live the life that we were created to live in the presence and mercy and goodness of God. There is hope for tomorrow, for there is a promise of the good shepherd. And to make sure that we didn't forget to make sure that in the difficulties of each day, we didn't forget. When Jesus came to pay that price, when he stepped out of heaven and came to earth, when he brought heaven with him and said, I will die on your behalf. I will pay the price for all that you did against the Father. I will, I will take that punishment even though I am God. When he did that, he said to his followers, that's you and I. He said, I want you to remember what I did. I want you to remember by taking this bread and remembering that it was my body that was given for you on a cross, that there was a physical death. And he said, I want you to drink of this cup. And when you do, I want you to remember that not only did I want to defeat the curse on your death, but I wanted to make sure that you had life. So I poured out my blood, which has the life in it. I poured it out on your behalf so that you would live again. You would never wonder if there was a tomorrow. You would never be left wondering if tomorrow was really going to happen. You would never be wondering, is there truly an eternity? Because you would know it would be held secure for you. And every time you took of the bread and cup, you would remember what I did on your behalf. And so, Malachi, come on up here. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to remember that there is hope for tomorrow. We're going to remember the incredible act that Jesus Christ did on our behalf. We're going to remember that no matter our worst day, whether we're causing it or somebody else is, 
we're going to remember that no matter if we have just walked in sin or we have walked in righteousness, that we are made right and at peace with the living God and that nothing can take that away from us. We're going to remember today that we stand before the Father, the great King of kings, the Judge Almighty, and we stand before him made righteous. We stand before him justified. We stand before him just as if we have never sinned or turned our back on him. We stand before him clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We're going to remember that. Because when it gets really difficult and our life feels like it might be sort of like this piece of paper and it's all crumbled up and it's all messed up and no matter what we do to try to straighten our life out, it just seems like it never gets back to what it was. And how is it that the, the Lord God Almighty could ever see me righteous and perfect? How is it that he could ever really receive me into all those tomorrows, into that eternity? Because it's just a, this is just a mess I've made of my life and other people have made it and my soul is, just, I can never get it straight. It always seems to wrinkled and creased and here you have this being Jesus Christ and 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 what does the father see whenever he looks at you he sees Jesus he doesn't see the crumpled up mess he doesn't see anything you have been made right by the body and the blood of Jesus Christ that's all he sees it'll never be taken from you that's the exclamation point on Psalm 23 no matter how long the valley seems no matter how difficult the path is, no matter how many times you've disobeyed the shepherd, you have been made right. This day will never lack a tomorrow. It is secured by the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. I want to read to you what Paul read the first church so that I received for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and after he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me in the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the, door, the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. I said everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat the bread or drink of the cup. And what that last part means is this, is that we don't take this casually. We don't come to the table haphazardly. We don't come to the table without thought. We come to the table remembering the sacrifice that was paid, remembering what it means, remembering the hope that we have, remembering the exclamation point on our faith, remembering that it is the definition of our faith. And we examine our motives, which means this. Have I given my life to Christ? Is he my good shepherd? Is he mine? And where there needs to be confession, you confess. And there's immediate restoration. And we come to the table with this incredible moment of remembering that we have hope because of what he did. Our good shepherd took care of every possible detail on our behalf. 
And so today, while we sing this first song, would you sit before the Lord? Would you examine? Would you pray? Would you take count of this moment? And when you're ready, you go get the cup and the bread. And we're going to ask you to come back because we're going to take it together. We're going to remember the hope that we have together as one church. So when you've had your time to examine, go to the table. Grab the juice. Grab the bread. Come back to your seat. And then I'll come up and lead us. May you remember your hope today. Remember, we have great hope. He took care of everything. Good shepherd didn't miss a beat. So let us take the bread now and let us remember the body that he gave. And that he sealed his promise with his own life blood that we shall live with him in all eternity. Let us remember. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you that you didn't skip anything. Your shepherd, all-powerful and all-knowing, knew everything we would need and all we would need to remember and everything we would need to get through every day. You lead us and guide us so faithfully, Lord, and we thank you. And so, Father, as we continue to worship, we declare our thankfulness to you, our gratefulness to you. We declare that you are our God on high and our great shepherd, and we will follow you down that righteous path through the dark valleys and your goodness and your mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And Lord, we will dwell in your house forever because of your great promise and the sacrifice you made to seal it for all eternity. So Father, this morning we say thank you. Thank you for who you are and what you do. In your son's name we pray. Amen. As we worship through these next couple songs, I just want to invite you. I'm going to be, uh, my wife and I are going to be right here. Now, if we can pray for you in some way, pray for your marriage, pray for your family, pray for a friend. If we can pray for you, we'd love to. Amber is going to be right over here. And, uh, and if there's more, then we'll, we'll have other, we have some, we have some of our overseers and, and pastors in this room. They'll jump up here too. You don't have to worry. Just walk right up, tap one of us on the shoulder, and we're just going to stand here. We'd love to pray blessing over your life. We'd love to just pray through Psalm 23 right over your life. We look forward to being in the church this morning as we worship together.